0: Hello and a warm welcome to this special edition of the Scots in Us podcast where I'm going to be speaking with Mara Shea. Mara Shea is an American who went to study and live in Scotland and I was just so taken by Mara and our conversation. She was brilliant and a very talented musician also. So I thought I'd put together just this this very short podcast with the interview with Mara as well as hearing some of Mara's music and I hope you enjoy it. If you've ever considered living or working in Scotland, um, hopefully you you get something from the podcast and certainly uh, Mara's experiences are are illuminating as well as inspirational. So this is Mara Shea and myself, Jamie McGeehan, in conversation for the American Scottish Foundation. Enjoy. Good afternoon, Mara, how are you? It's so lovely to speak with you. Good afternoon.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good afternoon to you too. And uh, I hope it's good weather where you are.
0: It's not too bad. Thank you so much. It's, um, it's been a real um, change from being in Scotland, obviously having a, a, a long summer. Um, how is it where you are and where are you?
1: I am in North Carolina, in, uh, just outside of uh, Greensboro. And we are in the middle of a hurricane that has turned into a tropical storm and is going overhead now. So it's raining quite hard.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, (laughs) I'm I'm so pleased to speak with you today. So pleased because you have had uh, an incredible journey uh, involving Scotland and a a long-held passion for Scotland. And I'm so pleased that we can talk to you on the podcast today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So you've actually lived and studied in Scotland, which is something a lot of people would just love to do. Um, you studied Scottish Ethnology in Folklore at the University of Aberdeen. How yeah. did it come about? Uh,
1: I first heard about the Elphinstone Institute through a friend of mine, a very good friend, who has a farm just outside of Aberdeen. And she is... A fiddle player a pianist a dance musician as i am and i've been to her farm um, she and her partner have a farm out there that's just lovely and i've been there several times so we were talking about all these things just you know the stuff you talk about when you're just sitting around having a wonderful time and she said have you ever heard of the elphinstone institute would you like to go there would you ever think about it and i said i don't even know what it is so she said well would you she told me a little bit about it she said would you like me to set you up you know a connection with uh one of the professors there so she did and i had a skype conversation with dr francis wilkins and uh, just was convinced that was the most wonderful thing i could do for this part of my life um, so it took about a year for everything to get sorted and Uh, you know, raise the money and that sort of thing and get families situated, but I finally ended up in Aberdeen in September of 2018 and I finished my study, it was just a year program in ethnology and folklore, Uh, finished it in September of 2019 graduated in November of 2019 and I'm so very glad I did because if I'd waited until June 2020 it wouldn't have happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no one could have foreseen the, the present moment at all. I mean it's something that I, I think a lot of people would love to do to to live and study in Scotland. Uh, as well as for people in Scotland to come and live and study in the U.S. And before we started recording, we were talking about that um, mutual fascination. Um, Where did your interest in Scotland and Scottish ethnology and folklore begin, Mara?
1: Oh, probably about 20 years ago. um, I was trained as a classical musician and... uh, Kind of gave it up when I was in my late teens. I just quit. Too much competition. I I just it wasn't doing something for me that I needed it to do. So I gave it up. Became a writer. I was a technical writer and editor. And it wasn't until I was in my forties that a friend of mine dragged me to a contra dance. And a contra dance in the U.S. is like a colonial period community dancing. It's very similar to cali dancing or. Uh, English country dance uh, has its roots there as well so I discovered I loved the dancing was fine I enjoyed the dancing very much but I really loved the music so I started I got my fiddle out and got it fixed up again and started practicing and started playing along with recordings which was a new thing for me because I hadn't ever worked without paper So suddenly I had no paper, I was just listening and realized, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was listening to Alistair Fraser and um, Old the Chieftains and all this Irish and Scottish stuff. And so I loved the sound of Alistair Fraser. And I thought, I could do this, I could do this. So over the years, I just started getting more into it, learning more about Scottish music and I started playing for Scottish country dance, as well as Contra dance and English country dance and started playing for Highland dancers and really became intrigued with the music of Scotland and the sound of it. It's totally, it's unique. It's, it's not like really like Irish, it's not European in the sense that uh, you might think, it's got its own language so, um, being interested in language anyway, I suppose that was a natural thing for me to get pulled into. Um, so, the thing that really intrigued me about Scottish music was something that doesn't exist in many others, or any others perhaps, which is the Bay. Oh Wow. And that really pulled at my heart. So, I um, did some research on it. I wrote a little compilation of uh a, like a history book of some of the tunes uh, some of the stress phase that i liked particularly uh, about a 100 of them so i i did that way back like 2009 or something and uh, learned a great deal but realized as you do that the more you start digging the more there is to learn
0: always and- that's amazing! You've actually composed your own music, written your own books, putting. Um, a well, re- I
1: didn't compose them. I compiled. Yes. Yes. A favorite oh, eighteenth and nineteenth century strathspeys—things that are in the public domain. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no license is required, um, and looked into their histories, and then wrote a little blurb about each one that I selected for this book—about a hundred of them. Um, and realized in doing that that uh, I don't know very much at all and going to Scotland going and experiencing the music performing there sometimes and playing for um, dance classes and talking with people and just going out in the hills and, and meeting other musicians that was magical and I learned a great deal from that
0: absolutely because it really is one thing to to watch documentaries or see films on a place, but it's an entirely different experience to, to really go there and live it. And certainly it, it takes a lot of courage to go and do that, you know, what you did. And it certainly is very inspiring. Um, I would imagine for a lot of people who, who maybe dream of doing something like that, but just haven't um, had the chance to or found the right moment. Um. How would you describe the experience of learning in Scotland? Um, Is it different from learning in the US, for example? Um...
1: It is. Uh, It's been more years than I care to say since I was in graduate school here in the States, but um, it was considerably different for me. Um, I got a a master's in in English, English Lit, um, in the States uh, about a thousand years ago. (laughs) <laughs> and so one very obvious thing was how much everything was not pen and paper any longer, it was online. And that's a blessing and a curse. Because there's just nothing like holding a real book in your hand, you know, and looking things up and writing things down. So doing so much of it online was a, a bit of an experience for me, but I've had some Uh, training in it, just as a technical writer and editor, so it wasn't like it was completely alien. However, the whole idea of getting back into it again as a 60-something person um, was a real experience, Uh, and it was fun, and it was frightening, and it was exhilarating, and it was more exhilarating than frightening. I was totally on my own, just you know, no family, nothing around. I was living in student accommodations. Um, I was a grad student or a post-grad student like everyone else. Oh, so it was different from the technical side of things. And then, but the research was really the same. Um, they give you a lot of uh, rope to hang yourself. Let's put it that way. <laughs> You're given some independence. Here are your goals. This is what we expect have it by that date please and if you have questions you go to them and you ask and you go read and you talk to people but you're not spoon-fed so I really like that that's that's kind of where I am absolutely independent sort (laughs) Um,
0: and it's all on you as a learner you know it really is the best um, encouragement to learn you know you're going to sink or swim you're going to you're going to feed yourself with knowledge um, rather than being spoon-fed. Um, mm-hmm. I've, and I've always myself been a, a, a Piaget person, learning by experience, it's the way to do it, you know, very much. I'm so, so, so impressed. It's absolutely brilliant.
1: Jump in the pool, you will be able to swim. Ah, and You yeah. know, there are always friends who will help. You. And I made So many friends.
0: Well, this is it. I mean, the the people that you met, they must have really made the experience, you know, the the personalities, the characters. It's all about the people, you know, wherever wherever you go, wherever you go, it's all about the people. Um, What was it like living in Aberdeen? Um, I said to you before that I've not really spent much time in Aberdeen before myself, you know, What, what was it like living in Aberdeen?
1: It is the granite city. It's very granite okay. But by the time I'd been there for three months, I could tell you the different kinds of granite and see the nuances and the colors of the granite. Um, it has a lot of history. There's something magical about going to a place where the university was founded in 1495. Wow. Um, you know, they're not alone in that, but certainly compared to what you find in the States, and yeah, that's unusual. And um, I lived right on the main drag that connected more modern Aberdeen with old Aberdeen. So I was on King Street. It's a busy road. So my window opened right out on the street um, under this beautiful bush or, or tree above me. And the buses and the trucks and the, the lorries and the the people, the pedestrians, were going by all the time. But every morning I would walk out my door, walk through the old uh, Kirkyard, the old uh, cemetery, on the way up to the university. It was about a 15-minute walk. And it was just such a, a bouquet, a, a buffet of... of Fragrances, smells, um, uh, sounds, languages. Uh, It was noisy. It was peaceful at times. It was always friendly. I never had any bad encounters with anyone there. So it is the people, you know, it's the bartenders. It's the shopkeepers. It's the people who um, you meet on the way to school and you're drenched with the, the water that just got splashed up from a bus that went by. And they're, and they're just so sympathetic. Um, and the seagulls. I don't oh, miss yes. seagulls at all. And um, I love animals. I'm not so fond of seagulls. <laughs>
0: oh, it's a strange thing. I quite miss them here in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm such a long way from Air Beach um, and the seagulls there, they, they will eat your chips.
1: Oh, they'll snatch them out of your hand. Oh, absolutely. Do, yeah. do you have
0: much um, experience of the, the Doric tongue? Um,
1: oh, from day one, yes. Brilliant. <laughs> it's separate language, really. I mean, it. yes, it is still English in the sense that they are using English words, but they have their own sub-language under that, their own idiom Um the way certain things are pronounced. Um, it's not the way someone from the States would say it or someone from England Absolutely. Um, or even in some other parts of Scotland. So it's very idiosyncratic. It can be completely unintelligible to me. <laughs> and the first day I was there, um, the, the cabbie, the, the cab driver was, uh, he could code switch yeah. he was going directly from you know <laughs> from english that i understood to something that i i understood some syllables but they didn't quite make sense to me <laughs> and then he would code switch back because he realized i wasn't understanding him it was really kind of fun to realize ah oh, huh, separated by a common language okay um, and then from the first day in class we had doric speakers coming in and telling us stories and they didn't try to pull any punches they just spoke Doric. Um, again they were able to code switch they could snap right out of it if they had to but the whole experience was to this is a different culture i understand, understand you're not in kansas anymore you, this is you're in you're in aberdeen you're in northeast scotland um, things are a little different here and the, they're unique and they're beautiful but they may be a little out of your ken, you know. You might not understand yeah. exactly what's going on. Absolutely, no.
0: It's somewhere regretfully that I haven't spent nearly enough time in. And having a few friends from uh, Aberdeen and Aberdeen area, I do realise that I've got a lot to learn. And that is something, you know, we're all we're all on a journey of learning, regardless of where we're from, where we've been, um, and where we're going. And and, and certainly you know, with your, uh, your journey, it really is testament to um, being brave enough to want to go and learn somewhere a bit different. And I just think it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well,
1: so, I always have wanted to live somewhere else for a long period of time, you know, in France or Germany or Switzerland or, or England or something. I've never actually had that chance happen until this came up and I said I'm gonna do it I'm just gonna do it and you know to learn how the shops work to learn how how you go to the bank and and get things set up and it's a whole different thing Um, and you're completely on your own uh, and very much humbled by how kind people are and how kind they can be If you treat them nicely, they'll treat you nicely too, 99% of the time, um, the others you stay out of the way of. Um, Yeah, and I'm sure there were a few of those, but um, yeah, it was just an amazing experience to be in a completely different culture, different language, different customs for a whole year. And then coming home was also a bit of an adjustment.
0: (laughs) A culture shock on when you came back, it's yeah. a degree readjusting.
1: Yeah, and as you probably know too, you have more than one home.
0: Aye, now, yes, it's very strange, it almost as like living in two worlds in a sense. Exactly. Um, when I go back to Scotland at Christmas time, it will be like that. I'll be like, oh my goodness, what's going on?
1: Yeah, which home is where? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: What, what advice would you give Mara to anyone in the US that has an aspiration about studying in Scotland?
1: Uh, or are well, you visiting? Talk to people who've been there as students. Um, I've talked with a number of people who are actually going, I think this month um, to the Elphinstone and other places in the UK. One lady's had to defer. Um, she was going to London. But she wanted to know how the visa process goes, how much money it takes. It takes more than you think, (laughs) always. Um, So don't underestimate that. The government really won't let you underestimate that. They have minimums that you have to come up with. If you can at all do it, cash, do it. Take your savings, sell your car, do whatever you need to, but don't finance it pay cash and that way you have nothing hanging over you it's an experience that you can always live with and just enjoy and but there are a lot of things there's a lot of paperwork hoops to jump through um so you know read the websites talk to people who have been through it find out what the deadlines are don't wait till the last minute just get all your paperwork and your research done
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much, Mara Shea. It's been lovely. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: And that was Mara Shea there joining me in conversation. Thanks so much to Mara. We're going to hear one of Mara's pieces just now. This is Mara Shea with Coleman's March. And if you'd like to find out more about Mara, you can find Mara's website at marashea.com. That's M-A-R-A-S-H-E-A dot com. It's been a pleasure. Until next time.